Jeff Maddock was born and grew up on a farm near Yakandanda, northeastern Victoria. His parents were church planters and worked with ministries from bikers to prisoners, and they've been pastors, counsellors, and chaplains. And Jeff met Sherry, his lovely wife, sitting next to him in the USA while studying in the same missiology program, and they married in 2000. They have a 20-year-old son named Isaac, I believe. And Jeff has a sister and brother-in-law who served as missionaries in Africa and Papua New Guinea, and a brother who lives with his family in Queensland and is a school teacher. And I think I might leave it there, Jeff. Let you share the rest. <laughs> Welcome, Jeff. It, it's lovely to have you. Thank you for joining with us today. Thank you, Carolyn. Wow, I just got Googled, obviously. Someone, someone, look, someone looked me up. Didn't, didn't know you could find all that info. Thank you so much. Um, and happy birthday. And good on you for being here on your birthday. Who else would have been here on their birthday running the show? Bless you. Thank you so much. Um, it is such a joy to be here. Thank you so much for having us. Um, Sherry and I feel really welcome. Uh, not, just, not just here today. It's very warm and beautiful as well here. But um, up on the northwest coast, we haven't been here before. And to see this place, wow. You know, we'd heard about it. But until you see it, it's just gorgeous. So we feel incredibly blessed to be here. Thank you for having us. Um, anyone remember that uh, Baptist Mission Australia or Global Interaction was called ABMS? Anyone remember that? Now, I was told recently, I was at a church speaking, and they told me, they said, ABMS, you know what that stands for? And I said, oh, I think so. They said, it stands for another boring missionary speaker. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and that was the pastor who said that to me. <laughs> who was introducing me. So uh, it went better than that, but um, I hope I'm not another boring missionary speaker. Um, I, I want to share uh, just a little bit of an update about some of our work. Um, I want to share a bit of encouragement from Scripture as well about how we can be in mission locally here in the places where God has put us and sent us. Um, but uh, at the very beginning, I thought I just might tell you a little bit of an update about some of our work. It might surprise you to know that in Victoria at least, and I know this is true across a lot of our other states too, we have growing um, multicultural communities, uh, what we call low or languages other than English uh, churches. And a lot of those people are in our Baptist churches. In fact, on any given Sunday, more than half of the Baptists in Victoria uh, come from a non-English speaking background. Um, the world has come to us in ways that are different to how we used to think about mission. Um, we're all part of God's multicultural, intercultural mission now. And that's really exciting. One of the biggest groups in Victoria are people from Burma, from Myanmar, um, which, as you will know, is just a, uh, a country racked with violence and oppression right now. And some of the greatest affected are our Christian, our Baptist brothers and sisters. Um, and we have so many churches across Australia and lots in Victoria. And I know here in Tassie too with Karen and Chin backgrounds. Um, I had a chance to visit the refugee camp on the, on the border of Thailand and Burma, a place called uh, Mela Refugee Camp, just back in October. And I bring you greetings from our brothers and sisters there. These are people who literally live in between countries in, no, in a place of great despair in a refugee camp. And you know what they said? Please go back and greet our brothers and sisters in Australia. So I try and do that everywhere I go. So they send their love. They send their gratitude for the way we've partnered together in mission and continue to. 
um, and they send their, uh, their overflowing uh, kinship in Jesus as, as they are being sent and trained all over the world. Um, there are dozens of countries where people who are raised in that refugee camp now serve in mission and leadership in Baptist churches around the world. And sometimes we think we have it a bit rough. These people, I tell you what, they, they do it really hard, but they continue to overflow with mission and love. So anyway, I want to bring you that greeting from them. I also had a chance to go to um, Southeast Asia and visit our team there, and they send their love to you um, and to all our Baptist churches here. Uh, they're doing wonderful work getting to know and loving their neighbours, mostly Muslim neighbours, and sharing in the good news of Jesus um, as well. But I want to show you a video just now um, that kind of captures a bit about our theme for alongside us this main mission month. So I'll let that happen and sit down here. Yeah, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. Not yet. Do you know what? Hang on. It, does, it doesn't have to. I can tell people to look on the website. Intermission. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that got good laughs. Yeah. I am learning all about love as we are preparing to join the team in Cambodia and also right now we live in Brisbane try to reach out the community especially our neighbors friends and family by sharing Scott's love by listening learning and understanding people who are joining with us loving people is you know about loving them now you know as they are where they are not one day pass a test. Yeah, I think we see it all through scriptures uh, and in our own lives that God is present, He's active, He, he loves us and through people, through their words yeah. and their deeds. But it's not always easy, hey, like uh, sometimes it can be really, really challenging. So we need to rely on God in all of it, don't we? I'm learning that God gives us many opportunities to share His love. I'm learning to love the person in front of me. I'm learning that prayer is the engine room of mission. I'm learning about prayer, that prayer is critical in this. Following Jesus' example of retreating in prayer yeah, before we step out in vital. Yeah, that truly been my experience. Yeah, mm. And if I feel a bit off or you know, prostrated in my work, yeah, yeah, it's probably because I haven't been you know, stopping in prayer and searching the spirit yeah i have just been you know serving out of my own strength yeah i can really relate to that one thing i'm learning about is uh, being a person of peace both in central asia and now that we're back in australia i want to be someone who, who brings peace into relationships and into the community in which we live you know i want to be a peacemaker who points people to the ultimate peacemaker who is jesus uh, but not only that, we're also praying that, that God would bring into our world, into our, our lives, people of peace. People who are open and will be open to hearing the good news of Jesus. I'm learning that I can be a person of peace right where I am. 
I am learning that we are one body in God's kingdom and that we need to partner with one another. I wouldn't want to miss this. So how much I have learned about the partnerships too. So as we prepare and connect with the church communities and also the people who are partnering with us, I am reminded again and again we cannot do this alone. We can only do together. That's how God planted it. Completely agree. You know, when we were in Central Asia, we were in a quite isolated place and so it was that the partnership of people that really kept us going, that sustained us through everything, um, you know, people's prayers, uh, their financial support, whether it was individuals, families or churches, we really relied on that to keep going and God used that to sustain us and it's the same now that we're in Australia. Yes, it's true. Yeah, it'd be daunting but I think, you know, I'm, I'm learning you know, that being in alongside uh, is a long life journey where you never stop learning. How about we go get a coffee? Yeah, uh, that sounds good. How are things going for you guys in your, your preparation? So what does it mean for you to be an alongsider in your community? During May Mission Month and beyond, partner with teams sharing God's love in communities around the world. Pray, give, go, partner. Um, yeah, so this is it. This is our theme for May Mission Month. We're really inviting you to think about how you can be in mission and already just being with you, you all today, I know that you know these things and you practice these things. Um, the encouragement is that we can be people of prayer, people of peace, people of love and people who partner. And so I want to start out by saying thank you so much for your partnership over the journey too with God's mission in the world and through um, Baptist Mission Australia for 140 years we've been uh, recruiting people and training them, mobilising them and discovering what it looks like to be in mission as the Australian Baptist movement. Um, today I wanted to talk to you though specifically about being people of peace and what that might look like for us in our communities. So I want you to have a think about Acts 16. I'm going to read through this. There's a lot of words that I'm going to get wrong because I don't know how to say the place names. So forgive me if there's any Greek scholars out there. Just give me a pass today. Um, so here's the passage from Acts 16. And some of you might remember this is a story about Lydia. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they'd come opposite Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And during the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when he'd seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. He goes on. From Troas, sounds like a good road trip, doesn't it? From Troas, we put out to sea, so now they're on a boat, and they sailed straight from Samothrace. And the next day, we went on to Neapolis. Neapolis. From there, we travelled to Philippi, a Roman colony, and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. And on the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. And we sat down and we began to speak to the women who had gathered there. And one of those listening was a woman from the city of Theatra named Lydia, 
a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshipper of God. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. And when she and the members of her household were baptised, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. So I want us to reflect for a minute on the two main characters in this story. We've got Lydia and we've got Paul and his companions. So first of all, Lydia. And I want you to be thinking about this people of peace idea. Who are the people of peace in your community? Because Paul and his companions, that's what they're doing. They're looking for people of peace while being peacemakers themselves. So first, Lydia was a person of hospitality. When the Apostle Paul and his companions arrived in Philippi, they were strangers. They didn't, they didn't know anyone. They didn't know where to go. They're following the Spirit. But she opened her home to them. It's remarkable because she's a successful businesswoman. We know that. She's in a male-dominated society, and yet she's open to the gospel. That's a go- it's a gospel, too, that really values Roman power and authority. And here she is, opening up her home and her life to these travelling apostles. She embodies already, before she's even a follower of Jesus, she embodies this virtue of hospitality, of welcoming the stranger in. She's used to dealing with people from different places, right? She's an accomplished businesswoman. She's trading this purple cloth, which would have been a highly valued commodity of the time. She's an accomplished person. She's used to being with strangers. And she uses that familiarity to welcome in these strange people. And it wasn't Paul strange. Imagine the stories he'd tell. And as Christians, we're called into that too, aren't we? To welcome the stranger is a part of what we are called to do. So who are the strangers in your community? Who are the people in Alveston and this region and this area who you can be welcoming toward and looking out to offer hospitality? Secondly, Lydia was a person of compassion and empathy. When Paul shared the gospel with Lydia, she listened with an open heart. She recognised the message they shared was one of hope and one of love, and she was moved to respond with faith. You know what's interesting is Lydia is probably, as far as we know, the first European Christian. I mean, really the mother of European Christianity. Isn't that amazing? That's where many of us descend from. Um, What an incredible person in our Gospels and in our history. And finally, Lydia was a person of courage. She was likely a person of some wealth and some social standing. She was known in the community as a successful businesswoman. Yet she wasn't afraid to associate herself with these weirdos, really, wouldn't they? Wander into town, talking about this Jesus bloke who died but then was alive again. She opened her heart and her home to this message. And that would have taken some courage. So I want you to be thinking about who's the Lydia in your community? Who are the Lydias? Where in your community might she be hanging out? It's a really important example for the way in which the early Christian community was breaking down social and cultural barriers and reaching out to people from all kinds of backgrounds. Lydia's conversion, her hospitality and influence serve as a model of how we can live out our faith as well. So we turn to Paul. 
We know a fair bit about Paul because he comes up a fair bit, more than Lydia for sure. Um, what can we learn about him? Well, first we know that Paul and his colleagues are sensitive to the Spirit, aren't they? It's amazing that the Spirit just doesn't say, right this way, please, here's an open door. The Spirit can close doors too. They wanted to head off to Asia, but the Spirit closed that door. Being people of peace means being attuned to what God is up to in the world. Be curious, be students of the times, take things seriously and pay attention. Secondly, Paul and his companions go outside their comfort zone, don't they? They could have gone and found a synagogue, somewhere they're a bit more comfortable with other Jewish followers and and been with people they know. But they didn't. They went outside into a place where they might have felt a bit uncomfortable. And thirdly, Paul and his companions submit their work to the Lord, knowing that God is the one who opens their hearts. It's fascinating to see the way Luke writes about these things. Luke's obviously the author of Luke and Acts. It's one big book in Luke's mind, but we've we've kind of moved them apart and plonked John down in the middle. But if you read it, think about the whole book. The whole book is a story of God's work in the world. So what might this mean for us? How does that influence what we do? We, We want to think about, as Baptist Mission Australia, we want to think about mission across the street and across the world. And that's why we're really committed to coming alongside communities like this one and and serving as we can with the experience we have, um, just as you have come alongside our international workers. What would it mean for us? We're going to need to be sensitive to the spirit, aren't we, like Luke? What he did, how he lived, who Jesus made friends with. He's the Prince of Peace, right? That's who Paul is referring back to again and again. Is there conflict in this community? I bet the answer is yes. I bet there's tension. Sometimes you might feel on the wrong end of that as followers of Jesus. Is there distrust and antagonism? How can you follow the spirit of Jesus as peacemakers and really enter into those conversations with love of reconciliation and restoration? Secondly, we're going to need to go outside the places we control. We're going to have to move outside. And it's lovely to invite people into here. It's a great space. But we're going to need to go out into the world too, aren't we? We're going to need to go out to places that we might not manage the agenda. But if we can submit ourselves and be witnesses of peace according to the ways of Jesus, I really do think God's going to connect you in with God's mission in this place. So where are you already connected? I love the the bulletin and seeing all the different notices there and the different engagements, playing cricket, doing all those things. These are ways we enter into the world of salt and light. And you've got to think about these scriptures as really helpful for us to identify paradigms for mission or ways of mission. The riverbank. Where's the riverbank? Paul Paul knew, oh, down by the river, there's going to be people having a conversation and maybe thinking about what God's place is in their lives. Where are those places? Is it a coffee shop? You know, is it a a mum's group or different places in our community where we gather? Think about where those riverside places are for you. And finally, we're going to need to submit our longings to the work and the will of God. We should be interested primarily in real, loving relationships with our neighbours. We need to allow God to do the convincing and the convicting and the heart opening. And it can be easy, I know, in my walk as well, you can feel anxious really easily, can't you? You feel like, oh, what am I going to say and how am I going to say it and how do I share my faith? And we can feel under all kinds of pressure. 
But being people of peace means that we are non-anxious. We're people of peace. We can feel the peace of God in us. It means we're going to be earnest about our faith, but never forceful or aggressive. Because God is the primary mover when it comes to mission. We can trust this and simply love people where they are. Because after all, God met us where we were at. Um, finally, by way of illustration, I want to show you this little video um, from our team in Thailand. Um, as you watch, I want you to think about the hospitality that's offered from both sides, the compassion and the courage of this woman that's featured here in this video. And notice how our team, our mission team, and, and Moana is the guy um, interviewing and is an important team leader for us. They go outside their own places of control and they submit their service to the work of God. And I hope that as you watch this, it's an encouragement to you as you step out into mission into your community. Thank you so much for having us and watch this video. Encourages us to seek people who are persons of peace, people who are open to the scripture and are welcoming of people who represent Jesus. This morning, Crew uh, Tong has invited us to come and have breakfast at her place and I'm going to take some time in interviewing her. เจ้าจําได้จ้ะข้างแรกเนาะเค้าป้าอาจารย์ไม้จะตอนไปเค้าขายเชียงใหม่นะอืมปีนเป็นหัวจักก่อนนั้นเนาะอืมปีนเป็
ตื่นบ้านเวลาไปทำงานเนี่ย Pray for the lay leaders such as Tong to be equipped with the knowledge of the Scripture and the love of God to share the story of the Gospel to their families and communities. Thank you, Jeff. Let's all stand to sing, "Good, Good Father."